0: We know who he is. We know what he has come to do. We know how the story ends.
1: from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household, If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year-old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it, until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. The cup of blessing that we bless is a sharing in the blood of Christ. The cup of blessing that we bless is a sharing in the blood of Christ. What shall I return to the Lord, for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation, and call on the name of the Lord. The cup of blessing that we bless is a sharing in the blood of Christ. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I am your servant, the son of your serving girl. You have loosed my bonds. The cup of blessing that we bless is a sharing in the blood of Christ. I will offer you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The cup of blessing that we bless is a sharing in the blood of
1: Christ. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, He took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Praise and glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper... Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, put on his robe, and returned to the table, Jesus said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. My dear friends, there are many, many things we need to reflect on this evening. And we have a tradition in Holy Rosary Parish, not by any means unique to our parish, but one that's very special to us, that we like on the occasion of Holy Thursday evening to present the new holy oils. These have been blessed consecrated in the case of the Holy Chrism by our bishop. The Chrism Mass, a magnificent gathering of the bishop, his priests, deacons, and lay faithful from all across the diocese, was supposed to have happened just three nights ago. In fact, the Chrism Mass was celebrated privately by the bishop together with a few ministers accompanying him uh, almost three weeks ago now. But, nevertheless, the oils were blessed on that occasion and distributed throughout the diocese. So I want to draw attention, both in word and in song, to each one, because these oils are extraordinarily important symbols in some of the most powerful and important sacraments that we share in our life as Church. You observe that there are three of them, The first one I will present is the one that is referred to as the oil of catechumens catechumens are those who are preparing for baptism and the oil of catechumens symbolizes the power of God that comes to heal to lift up to give strength and to prepare for all the battles of life that will yet come so both adults And infants, children who are being baptized, before we get to the point of their baptism, they are anointed with this oil of the catechumens in order to signify that God is going to protect them. And here is a verse from the beautiful song, O Redeemer, that represents the power of this oil. Christ, our leader, single-handed, you have brought us victory. Bless this oil to keep your people strong and watchful, bold and free. O Redeemer, hear our singing, listen to our voice and heart. The second oil is the one referred to as the oil for the anointing of the sick. This very precious oil symbolizes the Lord's great healing and soothing power. And we always encourage that those who are experiencing illness, especially that illness which tends to remind us of our mortality those who are afflicted and enfeebled, perhaps by old age and disabilities, and certainly those who are in danger of death, to receive the sacrament of the anointing of the sick in order that God's healing power may work its grace in them, both in soul and in body. And a beautiful verse that goes with this oil. Christ, our healer, in your mercy, strengthen us with heavenly grace. Bless this oil to bring your people health of body, soul with peace. Oh, Redeemer, hear our singing, listen to our voice and heart. And then we have the most solemn of the oils. The oil of the Christ, the anointed one himself. Chrism is, of course, what gives the Chrism Mass its name. And the oil of Chrism, which consists not only of the usual vegetable or olive oil, but also of an admixture of a very sweet-smelling rosin, typically balsam rosin, which gives to it an aroma, a flavor that lifts up. This oil calls to mind that Christ is the awesome one and that his power is what we share in. This oil is used in the sacrament of baptism, in the sacrament of confirmation, in the calling down of the Holy Spirit, and in the ordination of priests and bishops. And this becomes for us a sign of the living Christ. And here are the words that go with this precious oil. Christ, our King, our priest, our prophet, sealed as God's beloved Son. With your chrism anoint your people, make them holy, keep them one. O oh, Redeemer, hear our singing, listen to our voice and heart. And so my friends, these three oils on display here beside me this evening will be placed into their typical cabinets on the other side of the sanctuary, close to the baptismal font, and there they will be in order for us to use them over the course of the coming year. One of the reasons that we like to draw attention to the oils is precisely because they are blessed and consecrated by the bishop and then distributed. And therefore, in addition to all the other awesome symbolizing that they do, they symbolize the unity that we have as the whole Church of God, and especially on this sacred night. Which leads me to the sorrow that I must express. We are, of course, missing the opportunity to share together in the celebration of the Eucharist in person. But I have to honestly say that for myself, I think the suffering of us not being able to be together in person is most profoundly felt tonight. Because what do we do when we come together to celebrate Mass? We come together to accomplish the very words of Jesus, do this in remembrance of me, words he uttered on this very night. We come together in order to bring once again the power and the presence of the body and the blood of Christ to carry on his work. We come together to celebrate our unity and our faithfulness. And the assembly of God's people on the night of the Mass of the Lord's Supper really honors that. So the sorrow of not having everyone together for that is very deeply felt. That said, We are together in a unity of spirit that is, if anything, even greater, deeper, more profound than our physical unity would be. And that is very comforting. Traditionally, Holy Thursday night marks the foundation of three extraordinarily central pillars to our Catholic faith life. One, obviously, is the Eucharist. A second one, the institution of the priesthood. And, finally, the call to service. The call to service being manifested by the hauntingly gorgeous story of Jesus taking the role of the lowest of the low servants and washing the feet of his disciples which in turn reminds me that I seem to have a very deep feeling of sorrow in my heart because we are not having the washing of the feet this evening. And it has been for me since coming to this Holy Rosary Parish that the washing of the feet has taken on a very special and intimate meaning because of our practice here in this church of having those whose feet are being washed distributed at the ends of pews all through the church. So that I then am able to go in procession through the church and everyone, no matter where they're sitting, gets to feel as though they're very much a close part of it. We also have the custom that the altar server who accompanies me to do this, drying the feet, is also the last of those to have the foot washed. But remember what Jesus said. As I have done, so you must also do. And there are many, many ways in which you and I are called to wash one another's feet, not just in ritual and symbolic ways, but in the very real ways in which we pour ourselves out as servants for one another. You know, much has been made of the fact that the Last Supper narrative from John's Gospel unlike all of the others, does not in any way refer to Jesus actually instituting the Eucharist. Tonight, we are content with hearing St. Paul, in our second reading, speak of how the tradition has been handed on, even in that short time, to him, so as to be handed on beyond him, that this is exactly what the Lord did on the night in which he was betrayed. But John's Gospel, the last written and the most highly theologically developed of all the Gospels, does not actually tell the story of the Last Supper itself, leading a number of scholars to suggest that maybe the incident described here didn't even occur in the celebration of Passover. Another very cogent theory is that there is no reference to the Passover with its central theme of the Lamb, because Jesus is the Lamb, and he is the one who is and is to be offered in sacrifice. My personal favorite approach is to say that in the washing of the feet, which is highlighted, What the Gospel of John is trying to help us to appreciate is not so much what the Eucharist is as what it means. And I think that's a very critically important thing for us to bear in mind tonight in these difficult days and in all the days that we have given to us by God to come. We can receive the Eucharist we can have a very firm belief in what it is, that it is indeed the very body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's great and necessary. But Jesus did not give us the Eucharist merely in order to receive it. He did not give us the Eucharist merely in order to admire it. He gave us the Eucharist in order that we, in our own way, might become it. We have been challenged, we have been mandated by the Lord to be a Eucharistic gift to others, to pour our own lives out for others, even though he knew very well that we would do so quite inadequately because of our frailty and our sinfulness. That's exactly why we have the nourishment of the body and blood of the Lord is so that we can do anything for him. But we must not forget that we are called to be a Eucharistic gift for others. And this is not only the priests and other ordained ministers and persons in consecrated life and in the hierarchy of the church. This night above all nights is to remind us that we are all Called to ministry, that we are all called to be a people of God who do the work of Jesus, who love one another as He has loved us, and who hand on the gift to one another. So, my friends, baptized in Christ, many, many of you confirmed in Christ, you have received the anointing. You have been called and challenged. You are in the place of the disciples, washed clean, now sent forth. I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. To love one another as he has loved us, selflessly, generously, humbly. Take time during these sacred days to be quiet with your Lord, to let Him remind you how very uniquely and specially you have been chosen and made His own, and ask Him to renew in you the strength of your baptismal commitment so that you may be able to witness to Him in whatever way He asks of you, even now, in those different kinds of ways that we're meant to put more emphasis on. And we shall strive to be what we have received. Please bear in mind that we will be posting a portion, a substantial portion of the Good Friday rites And that will be available in this very spot tomorrow, Friday, Good Friday, at 3
1: p.m. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Lent
0: is a time to deepen our faith through prayer, penitence, and charity. We pray that our readings and homilies help you to prepare to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at Easter. Just as we display ashes as a mark of our faith on Ash Wednesday, please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website where they can find them all day by day. What a great gift to present at the altar on Good Friday that you helped spread the good news of our salvation.
1: And thank you for your prayers and support.